Dude, we've been gone for three weeks and I have so much Game of Thrones to talk about tonight. I'm so pumped. No? No Game of Thrones? Just a bit outside. Hello, welcome in to not a Game of Thrones podcast. Harry Doyle, Fantasy Baseball, the podcast for you. Yes, you, one of the 11 owners inside the 10-team Fantasy Baseball League. That is Harry Dole Fantasy Baseball. This is just a bit outside. I'm Travis Higgins. Welcome all to the Anchor.fm podcast. Let me welcome in the Game of Thrones man. The reason, the sole reason we have been off for two weeks, Justin Deering. Hello. What's up, man? I apologize to... um just a bit outside nation who's been anxiously awaiting a um, podcast and game of Thrones breakdown from us. Um, it's been a, it's been a rough couple weeks here in the Deering house because every Sunday night for the last, you know, when in season, there's like two years between each season, we we've really just shut things down and we've watched game of Thrones and like tonight you're lucky we're recording tonight because they released a two-hour documentary about the making of the final season, but we are going to push that off and watch that tomorrow since we're off work. (laughs) Probably going to do some barbecuing and um, really spend our Memorial Day remembering Game of Thrones. Ooh, maybe that was the wrong route there. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think it was, actually. And uh, before we go any further, I think you would just keep talking about this show, so... Uh, Justin, let's get right into this. It's been too long. It's time for that first pitch. We're ready for the opening pitch. Vaughn winds and fires. It's a strike and we're underway. Travis, I think I like doing opening pitches more than I like talking about these baseball teams in this league because at this point in the season, we're just saying the same thing over and over again. So I got real excited on May 24th when I was sitting at work and this popped across my screen and I was like, dude, this is an opening pitch for just a bit outside. Um, I'm just going to read a little bit of this story and then we're going to talk a little bit about it and I've got some statistics for you that will probably shock you. Uh, this is from today.com came out May 24th, 8.01 AM of the central standard time. An Oregon college student fell to her death after climbing over a barrier to take a photo from a scenic cliff. The latest in a series of tragedies involving risky photo taking efforts. We will not say her name, but we will say that she was taking a selfie with her boyfriend when she slipped and fell. She fell a hundred feet before landing in a tree But she was still alive when the rescue team reached her two hours later. Two hours after she fell into this tree, she was still alive. She was airlifted to Portland Hospital where she died. She studied kinesiology. She was a second-degree black belt in Taekwondo. She played volleyball, and she loved to work out based on what her family had to say. (laughs) Travis, if I had to give you one guess, I'll give you one guess. How many people around the world do you think have died while taking selfies since 2011? Since 2011, total around the world? Yes. Okay, I'm not looking this up. Pure guess. 8,000. It's only 259 reported. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so you, you you overshot that. But it was a little a little high. <laughs> I just assumed there has been an outbreak of deaths of of selfie deaths. Uh, sorry. So how many Travis, again? 259 okay. total. So it's really uh, not that many. I was, I was let I mean, me do math real quick. I was I was just shy of 8,000 off from that. 
Okay. Yeah. So Travis, I, my question for you is what is the one thing you would risk your life to take a selfie of with? Oh, nothing. Absolutely nothing. There. <laughs> so not, not the, not the Grand no. Canyon looking over the edge, not the uh, cliffs of Dover in England or wherever that is. No, nothing like I, that. Honestly, I, there is not one single thing that I feel like a selfie. I mean, why not hand the camera to someone and say, Hey, take a picture of me with this beautiful background. Uh, I, there's honestly nothing that comes to mind on this side of the fence. Yeah. On there, this side of the fence. I, I think that story is so tragic and needless. And there is nothing that I would risk my life or lean over for a selfie. Nothing, nothing. Well, oh, I've got okay. two more situations here that I would like to You really to, have taken uh, lots of liberties you. with first pitch. I just want to point out. Uh, last year, a couple fell from about 800 feet to their death while taking a selfie at Yosemite National Park in California. The kicker here is they were on oh. their honeymoon. Are you going through all 289 of but these? My- no, this is just the one story from today. But my favorite and possibly the award for dumbest selfie death, which mm-hmm, is an mm-hmm. oxymoron. Um, there was a lady in Seattle, or I'm sorry, in Arizona. And usually when you hear these stories, you don't... I'm starting to change my thoughts on our country because usually these are in different <laughs> countries. But this is in Arizona. Um, this lady jumped over a barrier to take a selfie... Uh-huh. With a jaguar, and she, uh-huh. she was uh-huh. mauled to her death. So I'm going to say it right now: the the most thing, the the most risky thing I'll do for a selfie is get real close mm. to Blake Mitchamore. Let's hit the big story. <laughs> Sorry, I can't get that image out of my mind. Blake's like asleep on my couch. I sneak over with my phone, get real close to him, take a picture, and he mauls me to death. <laughs> Just a, you know, the first thought, Buffalo the Blake. first thought that came to my mind. Have you seen that picture of the guy that took selfies with two gorillas that were standing upright? Yeah, <laughs> the Sumor. I mean, we, we love you, Blake. We love Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Week nine, just a bit outside. Big story of this episode. Let's talk. Is the records falling for most points in a week, right? Uh, no, not yet. Uh, that We okay. will talk about that. We'll run down the games that were of week nine. But, Justin, we have been off for a couple of weeks, and it's long overdue. We have to talk about it. Yes, we have to exercise this muscle. We must discuss Van Buren boys. The seven and two dominating Van Buren boys Another win this week. Four games in a row. They are rolling right now. Justin, can I just ask, are we in the dark timeline right now? It's it's We're in the upside down if you're a Stranger Things okay. fan. Um, things are obviously backwards. But no, I mean, we always go back to when we talk about teams that are succeeding and teams that are at the top of their standings or doing well in their season. We always go back to... we. Numerous times I've talked about the formula is you have to have multiple players in that top 25 overall performers in fantasy baseball. And if you just click over into that tab over in Fantrax and take a look at all players and see kind of where the Van Buren boys are, they have the fourth and the fifth, which I think the fifth, if you told me Josh Bell would be the fifth highest score in fantasy baseball this far into the season, 
I would have put a ton of money down on that bet happening and I would have thought I would have won. And then you scroll down to the 13th overall uh, with Ozuna. They have three of the top 20. If you scroll through here, if you just look through here, like the Beards have quite a few. Wichita White Wolves have a few. Tigers and Army. Everybody has a few in there. But I think three is right there towards the top. I think Colby actually has four people in that. But on the second page, and then you get into those second tier people um, that are, he's got, they've got four or five that are in the top between 20 and 40. So across their lineup, pitching and catch, or pitching and hitting right now, they just have constant production. And again, we've said it for however many years we've done this podcast, we've waited for some of these young guys to produce that they've been kind of hoarding for a while. And some of them are, and some of them are finally, some of these numbers are finally coming from spending money in the off season. Yeah. And still for a team that has the second most available money. And probably if we go back to those preseason shows, you and I were saying they probably didn't spend enough and yet look at them seven and two. And one big reason they are the best team in Harry Dole fantasy baseball here in week nine, they are four and one against their fellow Rick Vaughn division opponents. And that is a huge stat in of itself because you have to go through your division if you want to win the regular season division and be guaranteed that spot, that bye week into the playoffs, guarantee into that divisional round. And so these Van Buren boys sit at third of the most points at given of any fantasy team over 2,000 points, and they are on a four-game winning streak. And for all the reasons you just mentioned, Justin, they have some players that are just playing career-type years, right? These are guys that obviously Phil and Dustin had high expectation for. They had they wanted them on their team. Guys like Azuna, guys like Buxton, who they've held on to and seems to be paying off a little bit. He's not one of their greatest producers but he has been contributing in a lot of different ways uh devers is in that discussion josh bell is in that discussion max kepler let the the list goes on for this roster that has been let's just say overperforming, and i don't mean that in a bad way i mean these are guys who are having career years up and down this roster and it has put them in a fantastic position nine weeks into the season in the Rick Vaughn division and them being this team being third overall in fantasy points and Sunday night baseball is, is on right now. So the whole site hasn't updated at the end of that game, but they're going to be somewhere in that, in that top three or four in fantasy points, which tells me this, Justin Van Buren boys and this roster are for real. This is a team I think in a lot of ways, much like what we saw with Royal Ruckus a year ago, is one of those teams that that has the potential to just explode and to go on these kinds of runs, these kinds of winning streaks, now a four-game winning streak, and be a team that you have to contend with, and they're going to be there at the end of this regular season. Are we allowed to take negative aspects on these things on this show anymore? (laughs) It's our show. We can say whatever okay. we want. I listen. I I'm a humble man. I, I I yield to you, sir. I am going to play devil's advocate here. If you're going to bring up points for, I'm going to bring up points against. All right. Points against, and yes, it's head to head, and that means all that matters is who you're playing that week. A total points 
a total point score, a total point, um, I guess total points for is in my opinion, I always thought the way I've always felt about this league is that if, if you're at the top and points scored, the record will work itself out. Eventually that, that trend of you scoring a ton of points is going to pay off, but strength of schedule when it comes to our league, um, it is, uh, my, my computer just froze. Yeah, Are I'm you here. still there? Okay, sorry. I we won't edit that out just for the record. No, but um, all mistakes stay. <laughs> but I, let's just look at points I against. Am looking. And if you look at if you look at points against, they are in the yep. bottom tier of those points at 2000, 2162 points scored against them. So they have gone up against some teams on bad weeks. Now I'm not at all taking that away from them saying that 6 and 2 is a fluke. I think that when you are, you know, when you're outscoring people the way they are and the, putting up at the top three to four total points in the league, um, it is it is obviously you have the talent there. But at some point, they've got to run up against some teams, you know, you would hope just to see kind of what's going on for the rest of us so they don't just run away with their division for you over there, Travis. But um, you'd want to see them go up against some teams on decent weeks. Now, again, I'm not saying that what they're doing is wrong. What they're doing, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, saying week to week we do face off, but points total will end up mattering when playoffs this year, I think, because everybody's so tight right now. Um, so I just say, let's give it a couple more weeks before we crown them kings, just to see if maybe they run up against uh, those teams that are scoring more points than anybody in a week. I think I'm talking about myself here. In case you can't tell, I was using that whole moment there oh, to move you on talk to about me. You. I think I think y'all are doing great, Van Buren boys, and I'm actually saying nice things about you here. So, <laughs> let's try that again. Up your butt, Joe Boo. It's okay. <laughs> Dang. Week nine. Uh, let's continue to talk about Van Buren boys going up against censored by the commish in this week nine contest, and uh, unsurprisingly to every single one of us, Van Buren boys. Defeated, censored by the commission, 313 to 294. And the Van Buren boys, as we just discussed, they had up and down their roster. They not only had consistency from what we've seen from this team nine weeks into the season, but they had had some uh, some big weeks. And it comes in the names of Max Kepler from the offensive side, Patrick Corbin from the pitching side, uh, Devers on the on the offensive side as well, so those kind of anchored that. But Justin, you know, uh, we've talked about Van Buren boys and this team, and yes, we ha- obviously have to wait and see for them. But this is a team that is hot right now, four game winning streak. What went wrong for the censored by the commish? Let's not discount the week that Blake had. Putting up 294 is a big week for his team and just about any team in this league getting close to 300 points. Nine times out of ten seems like it would get you a victory. Blake's got to be kicking himself because his pitching staff with almost half as many starts outperformed the Van Buren boys. But then again, 187 points on offense. I think any of us would take that any day. But when you look across the stat line and see that they put up 210, um, it's just Blake went up against a team that was hot. They scored more points. I don't. I don't discount this as a bad loss for Blake. I hope he doesn't look at this loss and be like, "Man, I'm further down. Let's blow this thing up." Uh, he's been putting up some decent points, and he's got a young crew. I think he should look at the Van Buren boys and see, "Hey, they stuck it out with those young guys 
Let it ride a little bit. Let's see if Walker Bueller's turning it around. Let's see if Mike Soroka is Mike Soroka because he looks great these first two weeks that Blake's called him up. Um, he's got some some pieces there that are going to be around for a couple years. Tommy Pham's going to be there. And then he's found, you know, Kettle Marte has been amazing as a waiver pickup for him. Um, I know earlier in the week there was the man I'm pissed off at Ross, uh, Reese Hoskins and Ozzy Osby's. I don't think that was anything other than traditional Blake trolling. I don't think there was a way those two guys were leaving his roster unless somebody grossly overpaid. Um, and from what I understand, a couple people tried, but it wasn't as it wasn't gross enough. Um, so you know that's that. I, I don't I don't look at this as a bad loss for Blake. I look at it as man, you put up a heck of a week. I know I talked to him earlier, and he said I need Ozzy Osby, Ozzy Albies to hit for the cycle twice, and um, J- Jack Flaherty to have about twenty Ks tonight, and maybe I've got a shot. And I mean, seven or I guess nineteen points from Flaherty was pretty good, and it just wasn't enough. Yeah, sure. Let's him. not discount two ninety four and. Going up against a just a streaking team in Van Buren, boys, is the reality of head-to-head fantasy league that we are in. It just, you know, you roll the dice every week and you get what you get. But the, the you know, I think the concerning trend, if you are Blake for censored by the commission, is you are now one in four in division play. And you sit in the bottom two in fantasy points forward. Even after the 294 week nine, you're still going to be right there at number nine out of 10. And, and so that that trend that is kind of surfaced here in nine weeks has got to be a bit of concern. But I do tend to agree with you. And Blake's only going to hear the negative out of me when when he when he hears this episode. But I te- I agree with you, Justin. I think, you know, the pieces are there. There are good players on this roster um, it, it's it's not going to be probably the year 2019, but this team could have a good summer. You just, you know, it's, we could say this about every team, but you just don't know. So uh, you have to kind of wait and see. But uh, it's, again, uh, a good week. Um, you want to see that good week kind of be two good weeks, be three, four, and so on, and maybe you can kind of get out of the, the, the proverbial seller and fantasy points and kind of, uh, make a make a march out of there. Well, let's move on. Let's take it over to the uh, Facebook game of the week. <laughs> the Bolding Beavers takes on Ebony and Ivory. Ebony and Ivory coming into this game, I believe, was on a winning streak, maybe? Or maybe they lost last week. I don't know. I didn't look because I didn't do any show prep. Yep. Um, Ebony and Ivory uh, won last week. And uh, Bolding Beavers, Bolding Beavers, lowest week. scoring team in the league in third place in our division, will hold on to that third place with this victory at 243 over Ebony and Ivory's 194. Man, this game, unfortunately, there unfortunately is still going on. Let's just start there. It's unfortunately still there's still people <laughs> getting points. So um, it's Sunday night baseball here. But this game, I don't think if you I think if you talk to either one of these owners, they'd be like, yeah, don't talk about us this week. This was just not a fun game. Because 194 from Ebony and Ivory, who's put up a ton of points all season. Uh, 243 is actually kind of a good week for Lan as it's going right now. Um, sorry, Lan. I know it probably doesn't make you happy to hear that. But uh, when you look at this one, Travis, uh, just, just say something about it. <laughs> say something. Let me say uh, not good pitching on either side of this one and for ebony and ivory who had who has put so much emphasis in rebuilding that pitching staff and has seen good things come out of that 
Um, you know, is this an off week? Is this just kind of one of those down weeks where you see, oh, just 13 and a half from Chris Sale and Quintana with 16 and a half, but Cindergard kind of puts up a dud for Cindergard standards, and you think, okay, this is an off week. Um, if you're if you're Zach, you're thinking, yeah, that has to be it because um, you know, some uh, the the way he has kind of rebuilt this, you know, 91 is just not gonna cut it. But then on the same side of things. 103 from his offense isn't just going to cut it either. And so, um, you know, I tend to think that, or at least I'm kind of leaning towards, this is just an off week. Things didn't go right. And 243 happens to be the highest score here. And if you're land, all right, your offense, it's good. That that worked. This is This seems to be a trend of the last couple of weeks now. Now, 243 is not going to win you a lot of games, from week to week, but if your offense can produce the way it did at 153 in week nine, then um, hopefully your pitching can get its act together. And guys like uh, you know Cole and uh, Bumgardner here, um, you know those kinds of names that you've anchored yourself with. Uh, Scherzer's doing Scherzer things with 20 points, uh, but and one start nonetheless. But you know you want those other names. Uh, to kind of surround Scherzer, kind of pick things up, I would think. So, yeah, Facebook game of the week. Uh, we probably said more than we needed to. Well, let me let me throw this oh, in we're there. Gonna that, say yeah, more. I, came, I came out hot, hot sports opinions on this game. <laughs> and let me be real and open here. If I was rude there, I apologize. This is a positive show. Um, I just want to also say that not only did we skip the last two weeks because of Game of Thrones, but also y'all wouldn't have been able to handle what I had to say about my team because I'm trying not to cuss anymore, but it would have been ugly. So now that we scored two, 370 some odd points almost, um, I'm ready to talk about our team. So um, uh, if hey. I was rude there to Land and Zach, I apologize wholeheartedly and I wish you guys the best. You know, it's just the trajectory of things. We can't really help it. Dang it. Where are we going next? <laughs> Royal Ruck is taking on the six shooters. Oklahoma State, by the way, Big 12 champions in baseball as of this afternoon. Yeah, y'all so were in the, sure. you and Brady were hanging out in the same we, stadium and didn't even say we hi were to each the, other. Yeah, had no idea. Went and watched some Big 12 baseball this weekend. Brady was there with OSU, and uh, obviously OSU won. Big 12. Unfortunately, Brady's fantasy baseball team did not win. 272, they fall to the Royal Ruckus. 310 for loose side of things. And this is one of those games where, yes, both teams had a lot of offense approaching the 200 alone on the hitting side of things. But this is a story of six shooters with just, let's say it together, abysmal, abysmal. pitching. All right. So, uh, Justin, uh, you know, uh, it's the pitching here, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's pitching. On, I mean, and I was going through and because we hadn't done a show in so long, I did actually want to go through and actually look at the website and see what was going on. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, have you not been on the site in a couple of weeks? I just watch my game, um, basically, just. And then when we're doing a show, I'll check everybody else's game about 10, 15 minutes before we start. I, but, I'm, I'm humble enough that I pay attention to all games. Well, I paid attention to this one and how both of these pitching staffs are um, are suspect, in my opinion. Um, I, th I I'm wondering if the Luis Castillo we saw for the first eight weeks of the season or seven weeks of the season um, is 
is going to be the Luis Castillo that we see the rest like at all again, because he's had a couple rough starts after just beautiful starts. Um, on the other side, I think the return of Danny Duffy uh, has been big for Royal Ruckus. I don't know if you saw it this week or not, but Danny Duffy got his bobblehead for the Royals this mm. week, and it was big him week. and his dog. <laughs> it was it, it was probably the cool one of the coolest bobbleheads I've ever seen because it's him and his huge Siberian Husky, wow. and it was pretty sweet. But um, I just, I mean, I look. I think I texted you a couple weeks ago with my lineup and said, "Man, I have never had this many." Dollar ninety nine waiver guys starting on my starting rotation because of moves I've made and the people being hurt, but I think Royal Ruckus is feeling. The, I mean, Danny Duffy, uh, Edwin Diaz, those kind of guys he has under contract, but some of these other pitchers like Chris Bassett, who's been great not this week, but has been great up to this week. Waiver guy, a Jordan Lyles, I'm pretty sure is a waiver guy. Um, it's just I think both of these teams, as we approach that late summer trade deadline, if they probably more ruckus than six shooters. If we are going to make a move to try to sneak into that six play, the 16 playoff, it may be time to start looking for some pitching and some big name pitching that maybe you can count on for 15 to 18, which is, you know, a top end pitcher in this league right now with the way pitching's going um, on a weekly basis. Let's move to uh, Aiken's army beards of glory in week nine and um, a game that looked like army early in the week would just take control of beards of glory came roaring over the weekend. Eddie Rosario and Justin Verlander to name just a couple on the beards of glory side just had monster weekends and it was just too much for my army who came sub 100 on the pitching side of things which is the first time in about four or five weeks that has happened and beards of glory with a dominant offense and a decent really good pitching performance just handedly over the weekend took this one 288 to 230 justin tell me everything that's wrong with my army team um, you've yet to have a week where all those huge names and all those big people oh, you played for, you paid me, for yeah. have, you know, kicked it in in one whole week together. And based on the schedule, like I said in pre-show, I'm hoping that trend stays put <laughs> for at least one more <laughs> week. week. Um, <laughs> I need one week of, you know, let Bryce Harper score 40 next week, but Mookie, you need to score about six. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just, at some point it's going to happen where, you know, your all-star starting lineup that you've built over here is going to um, just take off. For Beards of Glory, he's got to worry, because I don't know if you saw what happened to Chris Bryant today or not, but he may be out for a hot minute with a fat concussion. Oh, wow, I didn't see that. He, he, he was taken off. He, he, I don't know if he was carried off the field or what happened, but he com- collided with uh, Jason Hayward today, and they're talking neck and head injury. Oh, dear. So you may have made you may have pulled the trigger on that trade just in time. Um, <laughs> I, just for the record, I did make that trade because I was afraid he was going to hurt his head and neck at some point. That and because you know Mikel Franco is so much more reliable no, than Chris Bryant. That's not. The, I did not make that trade because of that reason. Okay, let's just let's just stop that nonsense right there. No one has. Well, Travis, ever said that. I, I think for your team this week, it was, I mean, it, like you said, it came down to your pitching. Uh, you know, Clayton Kershaw at 17.7 or 17.17. I think you'll take that every week. But a uh, 14.5 has been a little bit lower than Grinky has done. Uh, Sean Doolittle going negative did not help. And it's just, 
I mean, you've put together, I remember when we started the season, we were all like, uh, you better hope Clayton Kershaw can throw the ball because you've got no one else. And slowly but surely, you've built this little uh, pitching staff that if they click, and Tanaka has looked good all season, um, it just didn't click this week for you, I think, is basically all it is. I mean, you weren't the low score. It's close. But you would have lost every other game. Close, and, you know. Well, yeah, Beards of Glory, really good week. Good job, Colby. And and just, you know, because I, you know, I want to bring some other elements of my life into this fantasy league as much as I can. Colby and I, we worshiped together at the same church this morning. And, you know, we were able to do that even though uh, we were, you know, in competition against each other. So, so are you his preacher then? I am his preacher, yes. And you didn't tell him to like maybe not. Hey, the Lord told me that you shouldn't start Andrew McCutcheon, Rosario, no, or really Justin Verlander this week because the Lord told me that you should let me win because I'm your pastor. Now you can ask Colby this. This is a true story that happened this morning. A guy in church brought up the 2011 World Series. He's a Cardinals fan. And from the pulpit, I told the guy, don't come back. You're not welcomed here. <laughs> that a boy. I said, I said, did we you, can't did have Did you roll that through what would Jesus do before you said that? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> Look, there's certain things that we cannot accept at church, and being a Cardinals fan is one of them. All right, last game of week nine, Los Tigres. Highest scoring team of the week, and we did some research the highest points of any given week. This is nine weeks deep now. 369 points for the Los Tigres against the Wichita White Wolves at 326. Justin, Los Tigres just went off this week, and it was a good week to do it against the team that has historically this season had the most fantasy points. It was a good week to have 212 hitting points coupled with 157 on the pitching side, Justin, you know, if you're going to give an MVP for week nine for Los Tigres, who is it? Me. I put the lineup together. <laughs> so humble. No, I'm going to say, first off, I think I texted you last Sunday before Game of Thrones started and said, I hate fantasy baseball. Yeah. I put up the most points in the league other than the person I played, and I hate head to head and that kind of stuff. And then this week, bam, it just that's how quick. And that's how head-to-head works is that last week I took took it on the chin with the most second most points in the league only to the team that beat me. And this week I stuck it on Chris's chin as I scored the most points in the league and he scored the second most, but we just happened to be playing each other. Uh, but I will say we did exchange the respect hat tips earlier today as, as he conceded the 18th hole of this playoff. <laughs> and um, if I have to pick an MVP of the team this week, I am going to go out there and put it on Jake Odorizzi. Woo! The most unlikely MVP Woo! you could have thought of. 10 innings pitched, no earned runs, 15 Ks, and he did all that without earning one freaking quality start. <laughs> oh, man. One would have been nice. Yeah. Look, of one of your two, yeah, he, threw eight, nice. he threw 5.2 today. Yeah, yeah whatever. Look, but, going into this game, everyone should have expected, and we would have talked about this had we had an episode a week ago, everyone should have expected a lot of points from these two teams. These two teams, Wichita White Wolves, Los Tigres, 
one and two and fantasy points forward for 2019 so far. These are teams, your Los Tigres, Chris's Wichita Whales that put up a lot of points week in and week out. And to see a score like this, a 369 to 326, number one and number two in the week with the points forward, we should not be surprised by this. We should be in a we should be astonished and amazed at just the great uh, fantasy points that have crossed the plate this week out of this game. This is one of those games, you know, this is 90s Rangers baseball right here where there's just home run after home run. But unlike those teams, we've had some really good pitching out of this week. And, you know, Herman Marquez, let's just point him out for a moment for Wichita Wilds. Offseason free agent. Um, he was a target of Aiken's army, so close to getting him. And Herman Marquez not only has been probably, and, and Chris is a little closer to this, but the way from where I'm paying attention to, Herman Marquez may be, you know, the the Wichita White Wolf Cy Young, the team MVP from the pitching side of things. He has been marvelous this year, and another 31 half points this week is just another reason not only the Colorado Rockies are doing well behind this kind of pitching, but why Wichita White Wolves are doing well. Well, and also um, Brad Peacock as a relief yeah. pitching starter, getting two starts this week was pretty clutch for him there. Um, if you do look at um, kind of the bench players here and see kind of where they were at um, I know Chris mentioned to me that had he not overthought whether Juan Soto was actually in a slump or not, this game would have been a little bit closer. Juan Soto scored 39 on his bench this week. Um, that's a little tough. But this is where head-to-head so dang frustrating, Travis, is that I've said this probably 10 times you in text messages this week as the team. I mean, we had 200 points by like 2, and a, two o'clock on Wednesday afternoon. We had put up some points early this week, and uh, at that point, I was number two in the league in points, and I texted you, I said, I'm number two in the league in points, and I have the second worst record in this league. I hate fantasy baseball. I think I'm going to quit. And I still feel that way, but I'm just glad I won. <laughs> You're always about to quit. I'm just, you know, I'm a quitter. What can I say? And now Charlie Blackman's going on the DL no. just released. Yay. You're releasing him. Is that what you just said? No, it just oh. was released. I will not okay. be releasing him. Um, <laughs> but I did, I did put up 369 points this week, Travis. I yeah. don't know if you that, noticed that I think or not. We've talked about That's that. a yeah. new record. Yeah, we have talked about that. And, and Charlie Blackman only put up yep. like nine. Uh, congratulations. So if Charlie would have had a big week, I'd have scored 400,000 points. Absolutely. Congratulations. Beards of Glory, Royal Ruckus, Bolding Beavers, Van Buren boys into you in your Los Tigres victories here in week nine. I'm Travis Higgins. That's Justin Deering. You're listening to the Anchor.fm podcast just a bit outside. Postgame show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Travis, I want to get into this middle section, our favorite section of the show that isn't about baseball and that isn't the opening pitch. And I want to preface this thing with this show will never be a political show. What? You will never you will never know who I'm voting for. You'll never know who you're voting for. We do not endorse candidates here. We don't? Oh, I, are you going to endorse somebody tonight? Well, not tonight. 
but maybe soon. Okay. Yeah, I guess I should pay Anyways, attention if I'm going to do that. On May 18th, I don't know if you heard it or not, but ba- Bernie Sanders gave a speech and he said, if we as a nation can pay baseball players hundreds of millions of dollars, don't tell me we can't afford to pay teachers the salaries they deserve. Mm. I was unaware that our government paid baseball players at this point. Um, I thought it was still private entities that owned the teams that made those payments. But Bernie, um, you got me thinking about the campaign 2020. And I decided we're 18 months away from voting. I need to start researching who I'm going to vote for. So I pulled up the Democratic list of candidates. This is what you're doing with the middle section tonight? Yes, that's where we're going. Um, there's 23 people on the Democratic ballot. There's two people on the Republican ballot. Yes, there's somebody running against Donald Trump, supposedly. Travis, do you know, outside of the obvious names, I'm assuming you know Beto O'Rourke and you know Joe Biden and maybe Elizabeth Warren, but we're going to play a little game right here called Baseball Player or Democratic President <laughs> Candidate? <laughs> all right all right are you ready i'm sitting back computers away let's let's see how well i do eric swalwell god okay so my strategy i guess is if i don't uh if i don't know who it is i'm gonna go uh politician presidential candidate he is the congressman from California, okay, 38 years old, yes. who will be running for president this year. The biggest question that any candidate should ask themselves is, can you make a difference for people who you serve? And I believe I can, says Eric Swalwell. Oof. Moving on. Wow, this is a political show all of a sudden. Brandon Drury. Uh-huh. Brandon Drury. Is he a presidential candidate or is he a baseball player? Now, are you doing major league players only? Or are you dipping into the minors? I'm doing major league players only. Okay, I think Brandon Jury is a major league baseball player. He is for the Toronto Blue Jays. Okay, Blue Jays. He's a multi-positional eligible player. Ooh. He is a second baseman, third baseman, and an outfielder, and currently batting 217 with five home runs and five RBIs. Does anybody own him? Uh, no, he's he's like way down the list. Bro. I, need, I need one more player <laughs> on my roster. <laughs> let's go to. Let's see, twenty three of these people. Um, <laughs> you could skip the females. I could probably guess that one. Well, don't don't push it. Uh, let's let's go no... to Josh Tomlin. Josh Tomlin. Josh Tomlin is a presidential candidate. False. Josh ah. Tomlin is a starting pitcher and relief pitcher for the Atlanta Braves and is currently averaging 2.56 points per start. For the Braves? Really? Yeah. Wow. He sucks. <laughs> All right. Our final person of the night. We're just going to do four here because I can feel this is trailing off very quickly. No, no, keep going. You you went through all 289 selfie deaths, so let's <laughs> let's keep this one going. <laughs> Donald J. Trump. <laughs> is he a baseball player <laughs> or is he the president of the United States? <laughs> hey. 
Trump has to say, considering that we've done more than any administration in the first two years, this should be easy. More great things now in the works. I don't want to answer this. I don't want to be political. Uh, hey, and la- I will give you, I'll give you one more. Are you ready? Yeah, okay. John Hickenlooper. <laughs> He's a baseball player. No way. No a presidential candidate. He's the presidential candidate, former governor of yes. Colorado and the former mayor of Denver. He's proven again and again that he can bring people together to produce the progressive change Washington has failed to deliver. I love it when you read from something because it's so obvious that you're reading from something. Hey, he's a former geologist who struck it rich when he opened a brewery in Denver. <laughs> oh, We are all screwed. Go America. Oh, well, that was a fun game. He's big about weed, too. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's head into week 10. Let's look ahead. You've got to stop giving me the option to run the non-baseball yeah, segment. I, I, I think you were very close <laughs> to having that privilege revoked. <laughs> I should have known when you texted me with such enthusiasm and so many exclamation points, I got this, that there was something going to happen. That was not baseball. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Hey, I, tied, I tied it into baseball yeah, with Bernie Sanders and government-funded mm-hmm. baseball. Yes, you did it so well. You did a good job. I'm sorry. I'm trying to be positive and bring a little bit of my career into this league. Good job, Justin. You kicked a man out of church today. <laughs> All right, moving on to week 10. Hey, wait. Matchups that are. He was a Cardinals fan. The matchups that we'll be watching this week. Van Buren boys, the team we've talked the most about tonight, takes on Ebony and Ivory. Royal Ruckus matches up against the Bolding Beavers, censored by the Commission versus Wichita White Wolves. Brady Six Shooters takes on Colby's Beards of Glory. And for the first time this season, the Battle of the Podcast. Los Tigres versus Aikens Army. Travis, when you look at those five games outside of the obvious, our matchup, which is your favorite matchup that you want to keep an eye on this week and why? Van Buren boys taking on Ebony and Ivory. I want to see Ebony and Ivory bounce back, and I want to see if the Van Buren boys' winning ways continue into a five-game winning streak. And and really, if both these teams in Week 10 have you know a consistent across-the-board uh, week, you know, offense and pitching and, and the rosters and the players kind of do what they have done on good weeks. Um, this is going to be a fun game because Van Buren boys obviously have, you know, the quote unquote momentum and Ebony and Ivory coming off a loss was really going to be wanting and looking for that, uh, that W and, and as much as you can in a fantasy league like this. But those players, if they can have good weeks, if Acuna Jr. and Ryan Braun and, and Marte and Ramirez and Carnacion and and the pitching side with Chris Sale and Syndergaard and Porcello and Nola, you know, if those guys are all firing, they're gonna give Van Buren boys a run for the mon- their money in this in this four game winning streak. And it will be a fun game, especially heading into the weekend, I think, to pay attention to. I will be keeping an eye on that censored by the commission, Wichita White Wolves matchup, because I think I'm hoping that um, that Blake, like we said earlier, is looking at this week, even though it was a loss as a success. Um, 
and and just keeps keeps going the route he's going. I'm interested to see about Wichita White Wolves again continue to put up a ton of points. Um, does that conti- does that happen? Do we see a fallback? Like what? Does this matchup look like? I know that's a shocking pick there, I'm sure, for you. Uh, not expecting that one, but um, I'm excited for that matchup just to see what Blake can do just because I know they love each other so much that I would love <laughs> to be a fly on the wall on those text messages this week. Yeah, can, uh, Chris, um, Blake, let's let's make a little rule here. How about all of your texts exchange with each other have to be inside the group text? How about that? Let's see how that goes. Or not even inside the group text. Let's just put them in a, a Justin and Travis, Chris and Blake are all in a group text together so that next week oh, yes. we can reenact them on the show. Oh, reenact. I was just going to say read. Dramatic yeah. reenactment. Okay, well, that's a little much. Uh, this is why you can't be in charge of the middle segment anymore. Uh, ratings will show that baseball player or Democratic candidate <laughs> will be the hot be a hot topic this week. Oh, it will be a trending topic on Twitter. Hashtag Harry Doyle fantasy baseball just a bit outside who you voting for. That's the hashtag. All those characters. <laughs> That's Deering22 on Twitter, by the way. No spaces. <laughs> All together. So, Justin, when you look at the week 10, uh, let's let's leave. We'll talk Tigris Army because those are our, our teams in a moment. But the other games, who's your your lock? Who's the team that next week we can say you were right, they won because you said it would happen? Royal Ruckus. I think that in that matchup, Royal Ruckus, I don't even know what the starts look like. I don't know anybody know he set their lineup. Um, I just feel like up and down, Luke has a better team than Lan as of right now. Lan has currently an illegal lineup. Um, he's got to pull somebody. Let's <laughs> assume he's going to fix that. Yeah, he's got to pull somebody off of his. Scott Kingery's got to come off the IL, and it looks like Jeff McNeil's probably going to go on there. Uh, that's a big hole to fill there, as McNeil's had a really good year for for Land in that second base spot. I don't know that Kingery is that person you want to plug in there. Hopefully, you can find somebody maybe by trade before tomorrow when the games start. Yeah. Or, and I, think they, I think they start early tomorrow because it's, it's Memorial uh, Day. Memorial Day. Uh, so either through a trade or picking somebody up on the waiver wires. But um, that's my lock for the week is Luke, Luke taking out Lynn. I'm going to take Wichita White Wolves as my pick em lock of week 10. I think they will handedly defeat Censor by the commission week 10. So Justin, Army, Los Tigres, um, what can we expect from this uh, explosive game of the week? What we can all agree is the game of the week. Well, have you set your lineup yet for this week? Are we looking at eight versus six on starts? Uh, there's a couple things I'm looking at. I need to either get a guy off the IL or pick up another player. And uh, But yeah, for the most part, I think it's pretty set. I'm getting pretty tired of running up against teams where their aces have two starts. It's, I mean, this head to head baseball stuff is crap. We should go to rotisserie or rotary or whatever. Roto. <laughs> rotary. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. All right. We should go to that I feel because good about um, my, my game this week, <laughs> all of a sudden, um, yeah, I got to figure out what I'm going to do about Charlie Blackman. I think this is going to be closer than, um, maybe we would have thought three weeks ago. Um, that or you're going to blow me out because my team has just blown their wad throwing 600 or 369 points up on the scoreboard last week in a rivalry game. Um, but I think the winner of this game gets to plan the middle section oh, next well, week. Well, no, that may not be a lot of incentive. That's work. 
we actually have to plan and do something. So it should be a fun game. I'm I'm curious to which pitching staff shows up for Army. I'm curious if my offense will start clicking all together as we start heading into the summer weeks of baseball. But again, Los Tigres number two in fantasy points forward in 2019. So I'm number ex- nine in record. We're killing it. Well, you know. Uh, you know, the points are the only thing you really, and you don't even control that, but it's the only thing you really can can control in a sense because it's the roster you construct. And so if, you got, if you're there at the points, you, you're hoping things kind of shake out as they can. But if, you know, as the opposing team this week against Los Tigres, I'm expecting a lot of points coming from that roster this week. And so, you know, I'm hoping my guys show up for this uh, Memorial Day week of baseball summer is here week 10 is upon us you want me to say something you want to go ahead oh good you close it out listen i'm i'm trying to be positive here so i just want to tell every team here you are winners you're gonna do it you can win week 10 i believe in you that's what I want to say to end the show. All I want to say is rest in peace, Arya Stark. <laughs> I don't know what any of that. Quit bringing up that show. For Justin Daring, I'm Travis Akins. Super positive Travis Akins. And I want to be your league chaplain. And so I want to offer an invitation here. So anyone that needs anything, um, I'm trying to bring bring the outside world and the fantasy world just a little bit i'm here for you so long everybody pete Buttigieg, <laughs> politician <laughs>